0: to uh growing and always fun to see the growing number of downloads unique downloads real people downloading and listening to the horse racing true crime podcast in this podcast i always say uh i'm not lying here because i'm candid and it's funny how many people aren't candid and we keep it real right the reason i'm doing this is for the money getting good uh offers and good synergy along those lines as we've grown slow and steady get rich Mm -hmm. slow scheme we do it for the money we're not like trevor bauer who's doesn't want to sign autographs he should have said that before he was signed but he did it because for the money right but he is honest with women he says he only wants to have sex he doesn't want to have long-term relationships he doesn't all, all he wants to do all he wants women for is to have sex and that is it right he's not lying he's not promising him anything like these football coaches do the code oh i'm gonna get you a job with a big time alumni you just have to sleep with me right trevor bauer at least isn't doing that he's being honest right and that's why if you're the smartest toughest person in the room you are in the wrong room so to process uh, the horse racing industry and horse racing true crime to kind of fill in the gaps because I do consume a lot of uh, true crime with my wife who is a psychotherapist and man she can figure out a story boom right away we're watching the mayor of Easttown and man right at the beginning of the episode she tells me everything that's going to go on for the next hour and on to the end of the series or. Any true crime we watch on investigation discovery. Boom, she gets it right away and she finds out what's going on. She's been doing this 17 years. All her colleagues ask for her. A lot of her colleagues will not let their children uh, go through therapy if it isn't Anna, right? Mm. So if you're the smartest, toughest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. That's why we have Mike Pristinisi from Accurate Business Coaching, ADA Compliance in San Diego, where they do work all over the country. And we've known each other over a decade now as time flies. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Mike Brissonisi. And this this one is going to be interesting. because What we're doing is we're doing backstory. We're getting deep into the backstory of... Yes. True crime stories, actually ones that are evolving, that are very interesting. We're talking about murders, you know, and very interesting stories that are evolving that are current, and then on many many levels, right, provide you with information you're not getting anywhere else. And as with the situation now in San Jose, we also provide. Uh, Chris, Mike Tristanisi has a degree, right, a master's degree in counseling as well. Uh, but we provide mental health first aid kit. Mm-hmm. We provide as we go through uh, crimes and unethical behavior, immoral behavior that are not illegal, and the uh, ethics part of it and the morality are up for debate. We don't we don't have a monopoly on it up as we look at the board members of the California Horsing Board and and as we teach you a lot of things, we're learning a lot of things ourselves (laughs) about life in general and about uh, how not paying attention and local political corruption is not a victimless crime. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us on this journey and providing insight to the world. My Prisenisi, what are your first thoughts?
1: Well, it's interesting. We've been talking about the idea of these performance-enhancing drugs for horses. Right. Now, just to back up a second for our viewing and listening audience, most people would think that that's a very innocuous, innocent thing. You're helping the horse to win races, right? right. That's a logical thought until horses start dying. Now, what we're doing, Josh, is taking people from the horse whisperer to the horse Murderer. And what we're finding is that these performance-enhancing drugs are many times not traceable or minuscule traceability. So now you have people that claim to love horses. I, I don't know where PETA is. I hope PETA steps up because they're killing these horses day after day after day. Right. All under the guise of we're enhancing their performance to what? Win us money and then they die. Right. I find that, and I'm not necessarily an animal rights activist or an animal person per se, but I find murdering horses, that's a little bit uh, unsettling.
0: Right. And and I'm at the point in my life where uh, I'm numb to everything, right? Because I've seen one thing very interesting, right? Because I was watching uh, Matt Bird, who's on my Facebook and he has a, a radio show. And he talked about this, and then it kind of linked into things that Anna has been telling me for years, that we all, I don't care who it is, I know you, because I know you, Mike uh pretty much every single person I know, I know my dad, my dad was put in a communist concentration camp for two years for preaching the gospel, and they put guns to his head, told him they were going to kill him for preaching the gospel in Cuba, and the one notable time he put his hands up to heaven and said, uh, you know, Lord, please take care of my wife and my two kids because I'm going to heaven. And the reason he got so much respect in that camp is because they tested him and he truly believed. Other ministers turned atheists, they turned communist; they gave up their faith. And we see this now with politicians, both on the left and both of the right. Uh, both extremely hypocritical. So when I see this level of hypocrisy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Good word. You know, I get people to give me a large advance right away before I look at a company, and you've had the same situation, right? And I say, first thing I say is, uh, you know, after, hey, we're raising prices 300% across the board everywhere. <laughs> and I become the genius, and I, you know, End up uh, the hero because I just raised revenue of three hundred percent. Yeah, and saying, "Oh, everybody's going to leave by our loyal customers. Perfect. All you need is your loyal customers because they're the ones who're going to give you the, the referral and not going to blink." Right, and do some basic math. You just raised prices three hundred percent. You're making more, and you're less have less hassle than with all those other people who were blocking at the lower price and were causing problems all the time. You know, complaining, calling in, this and that, right? So besides that, after that, I said, let me look at the financials, right? Because I have to see what's going on. So I don't get in trouble with my other businesses, with FINRA, with the SEC, because I'm poor middle class. I'm not like uh, Jeffrey Epstein. They can be a pedophile and get away with running a hedge fund and this and that. I don't have that luxury, right? And what do I do, right? In my cynical nation and my Christianese, we talked about it last week. You do the same thing. Then I say, okay, where are the other set of books? And they're like, no, there is no other set of books. (laughs) I'm like, yes, there is. There's one for the taxes. And there's one, there's a real one. No, there isn't. I'm like, yes, there is. And like, well, I'm like, do you want me to go to the CEO who hired me, right? wasn't you, wasn't anybody else, to go look for those other set of bugs. And when we find them, right, right, uh, I don't know, you're going to be fine. Nothing's going to happen. You're ever going to find them. Uh, well, how are you going to do that? Well, I can get my tech guy to mirror the hard drive on your computer. We're going to get him here in an hour and a half. So, you can save it was time and money, but let, let me see the second. Okay, here we go. Here, here they are going to judge you, I'm not going to hold it against you because everybody lies. And everybody has this extra set of books in a different place. Right? Mm-hmm. So, that's that's the point I am where I look at everything neutral. And then I go through the process, right? Facts. What are facts? Something right. you can prove to be true. How do you prove it? You prove it with video evidence. You prove it with contemporaneous documentation with corroboration. The worst form of direct evidence is what? Eyewitness testimony. I right. Believe half of what you see, right, and n- none of what you hear. That's why all the great holy books, the ones. Uh, um, mike christian and i frequent is the bible and, but they all say the same thing they all say don't be wise in your own conceit what that means is that perception is 50, 50 no matter how smart you are okay. no matter how many degrees how much money you have whatever uh, it's, it's 50 50 right in sports we see the, the rest holding up for 10 minutes because they don't know what happened they were there on the court uh, on the field they saw what happened with their eyes and then they're watching a repay for ten because they had no idea
2: mm.
0: what so if you tell me that you know everything down to the last minute minute detail a hundred percent of the time i'm not saying it's not true i'm just saying that it's not within the bounds of probability theory and decision science that's used by most uh fortune 500 companies and it's not in alignment with the facts we just talked about, with the evidence, direct evidence and research out there, right? But it could be true, right? Because we don't know.
1: Yeah, you brought up a good point, Josh, about you're talking about what we call in business a value proposition. What, what is the value proposition we bring to the table? And let's say for our listening and viewing audience, people are in sales. Okay, they're selling a product or a service, and we've been down this road for years. So, a lot of people can relate to this. If you're selling a product, you need to know not only your product very, very well, backward, forward, and sideways. Do you know what your competitor's product is like. Right. Do you know some of their high points, their strengths. They all have them. Your, our competitors have strengths. They have weaknesses. So we have to be able to talk about our products or our services and not badmouth or bash our competitor. Right. First time you hear someone doing that... I bash my
0: competitor. That's where you and I, uh, yeah, I go know. on. <laughs> Body slam. <laughs> I, I go like with Jesus when he went into the, uh, the, the church and started <laughs> yeah. slamming things around. I'll bash my uh, competitors. Uh, and competitors bash me, right? Every single... Um, a lot of people in my business get happy when they have w- the one big fish, right? The one oh, net worth 20 million. I said, well, I need to get three because if I have, need to tell one of them to pound sand because they're a pedophile right. like Epstein, I have two down the pike to pay for my expensive lifestyle here in Southern California, right? And each time I've gotten, and, and this ties into horse racing true crime, Right. Hundred percent, because it, it, a it, it's the same people, right? B right, top one percent, top one percent, statistically. And you know, I have an MBA, Masters of Business Administration, Masters of Business Science. At the restaurant in Park, eight thousand dollars I made into eight hundred thousand. At George Steinbrenner coming in, so based on the data that I've seen and that I've processed. To be in the top one percent, you make more than three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, and you have three point five million uh, liquid, liquid, and then three point five million non-liquid assets. So that that puts you in the top one percent, right? That Bernie Sanders has, but Bernie hasn't given me the hard numbers or Elizabeth Warren hasn't given me the hard numbers on who they say it's in the top 1%. This is what reading the book, the top 1%, which I would encourage everybody to read because it's written in layman's terms. Anybody anybody who has a high school diploma, GED, or reads a lot will understand that book. Hardcore economics, but very good book to read, especially in these days, the way things are going now. That's my definition of the top Okay. So those people right Uh, each time I've been reported to FINRA each time I've been reported to the SEC California Insurance Board and have won every single hearing. And uh, after a nice little winning streak there three in a row uh, had the Opposing party pay for my time, they're paying for my time, and they're paying for a lawyer who's getting crushed. I mean, at one point, it was such a blowout, Mike Uh, Cusinisi. They, you know, they asked that. I I, I went. uh, The 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 judge asked me a question, and I said, "Well, what the judge said was." where did you get your uh law degree from and i'm like i don't have a law degree it's it's just that i care about this and i'm more prepared than this guy and and i said i said her name actually there wasn't a guy i said her name you know so and so and so -so who's ill prepared because she doesn't care about this this is just a paycheck for her (laughs) and uh the other side gave up and after she gave up she was like well you didn't have to say that about preparation or 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 whatever or whatever i'm like yeah you know i thought you know making nice nice but it's true go through all that right that makes you numb right it makes you numb to everything really because really you don't know anything And, and and we all have unresolved trauma that we haven't resolved because now I understand because I had uh, in high school there was a really just devastatingly pretty blonde head girl uh, who you know went to classes last week in high school and she went to a gas station when we were in high school she went to a gas station she poured gasoline on herself and burned herself to death mm-hmm. and now I understand at 50 that man when I was in high school that was a a traumatic event right right and trauma that i didn't resolve because i was like hey i didn't really know she burnt herself to death that are then you start especially if you have some empathy you start thinking mm-hmm. oh wow and then at the 50 you're like well wait a second man that was a tragedy happened 32 years ago yeah, yeah. she could have had a life she could have bounced back she had gifts that nobody else could have just her natural Beauty that, that if she worked well, you know, within the system, got a degree, whatever, she could have been fine. Then you have, um, they might be listening to right now on Facebook, Orion and Dorian. And Orion Dorian were two African-American guys that I went to high school with, laughed a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were told to be put face down It was a robbery. Mm-hmm. And one of them looked up, boom, boom, he gets shot in the face. And then I see him a year later, with those injuries in school, right? Mm -hmm. Back 32 years from that, I have a lot of unresolved Mm -hmm. trauma over being honest, working hard, getting referred to somebody who has net worth $20 million coming from nowhere and suddenly uh, sore losers, right? Uh, Who are racist. Sore losers, you know, trying to take my license away because I beat them fair and square,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. right? But then, you know, by the grace of God, being taught right by my parents, (laughs) like, okay, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It just means that the fight is longer. But you realize that... uh, Three of the, out of the three clients that I have, net worth $20 million and above, only one of them is really smart. (laughs) If they're listening to the podcast, nobody knows who's who. So just because you have X amount of money, nothing means nothing. Just because you're a doctor, you have a PhD, you're a doctor, you're a medical doctor, you look good, your office looks good, you have great reviews, it doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Zero. You have to make your own evaluation. What are your thoughts, your first thoughts? We'll get into these board members. We'll just give backstories as these stories, true crime, horse racing, true crime stories evolve. What are your thoughts, Mike Prestonisi?
1: Well, first of all, Josh, I give you kudos because you're honest in front of an audience viewing and listening to say, I have unresolved conflict and trauma in my life. I would bet you nine out of 10 people viewing or watching probably have some level of, of that same kind of unresolved uh, trauma. And here's my question to people. And again, this goes to your listening ability, your ability to listen to your clients. Have you ever talked to anybody about it? Has anyone ever asked you, so Josh, how are you doing? And you say, you know, Mike, like, you, you got a minute? And I usually say, yes, I do. Do you mind if I take notes? That's one of my favorite, do you mind if I take notes? And most people look at me like, you, you're gonna take notes on our conversation? That's what I just said. Is that okay with you? Yeah. And for the next 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour, you do what I call a core dump. And I get to know you and I hear your story and I hear the pain, I hear the frustration. And I also hear that you're a person with a great intellect, has a great capacity for people, but maybe maybe you need a friend to come alongside you and say, hey man, I, I'll pray for you. I'll support you. I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm on this journey with you because I've got unresolved issues in my life from back in the 50s. Now, they're not traumatic anymore. I mean, I'm, I'll be 70 in March, so I've kind of worked through them. I've asked the Lord to heal me of a lot of things. But the other thing you did, talking about this horse racing true crimes, every time you and I do a backstory on people, our cynicism goes up, our skepticism goes up, our well,
0: frustration... You, with you peel the layers. It, you peel the layers in the more... process society and life you have to peel the layers so you are aware of your surroundings and anytime somebody can pull up an AK-47 and start shooting people and the guy in San Jose and this has happened so many times in stories that I read where the guy goes in and he shoots certain people he doesn't shoot other people Whenever I had jobs and walking through corporations, I didn't care. Uh, Even though I'm naturally extroverted, I didn't care if it was a dark head goth guy looking down. I always would knock and say hi. Some people are a-holes and wouldn't do it. But I would always do it until the person smiled and, and got into different conversation. And what it is, that's a survival instinct. I did it for purely not any ethical and moral reasons, I did it for pure business reasons, right? Because that person, whoever that is, especially that person, might buy something, might have access to something you need, and because they're standoffish, and because they're introverted, or Mm -hmm. they have some unresolved. Now, now as I got older, I understand that some of those people, maybe 50% of them, had unresolved issues maybe they were getting molested or they were molested when they were kids mm-hmm. or they're going through some sort of trauma in their life that so they came to work and they had their face down they were goth and they're obsessed yeah. by death or, or whatever mm-hmm. but i think now what people don't get about mass shootings and what people don't get about horse racing true crime that this happens everywhere it's happening every single part of society But you do not have to do a mass shooting and shoot people to do damage. There's people who do economic damage. There's people who do Mm. social damage, right? I remember this guy at one job who impregnated 20 women. Mm. So he had 20 kids at this job, right? He's He's doing a lot of social and emotional damage. He might not have shot, but the ripple effect of all the women he impregnated at this place and he sold drugs too. So between selling the drugs and impregnating women at this place, it was almost like a mystery, mm. right? Mm. But I knew him too, so I knew everybody neutral with everybody numb. And you can't judge a book by its cover because this guy looked like a preacher. He looked like a regular working guy, right? Mm. Nobody knew that this guy was really uh, a drug kingpin. It was a really good cover, and I think I, to say, he's actually died a few years ago. Died a rich man, happy man. Um, I'm not going to judge where he ended up, right? I, can't, I have speculate, but for those reasons, as we go through horse racing true crime, we are taking us. When we, these board members were watching this. We're doing two things. We're doing math, right? They, they don't do... So, Not only is it a mental health first aid kit, it's a financial and business first aid kit. Because Anna, my wife, finally said it the other day, uh, 70% of business is psychological, is linked to therapy, right? Because you're looking at people's motivations, uh, their demographics, their ability and willingness to pay, to pay on time and to pay for long periods of time large amounts of money, right? You need to know uh, targeting and you need to know triggers and you need to know psychology really, really well. And between uh, Mike Persinisi and myself, we have 120 years of successful living that we're imparting on this podcast. That's why I call this one of the greatest podcasts of all time. Because the difference between us and other successful people is that we have uh, an outside willingness to share. And then selfishly, we understand that you always get back 10 times more than whatever you give. Yes, absolutely. The California Horse Racing Board. So we go macro to micro. Give us an overview from what we're talking about and the angle we're giving on the California Horse Racing Board, which a lot of crime and true crime and intrigue. Because remember, in life, the reason we, I like journalism, and I was taught this at the Pointer Institute, Roy Peter Clark, it's on my Facebook, I've written a lot of books, Roy Peter Clark, Pointer Institute. Uh, birthplace of a lot of Pulitzer Prize winners. I graduated from that institute and what they said was, and it's true, truth is far more bizarre, far more strange than fiction. But give us an overview of the California horse racing group and how it ties in
1: to horse racing and true crime. So you and I were talking just in preparation for the podcast and We're asking ourselves questions about who is this CHRB, this California Horse Racing Board. Right. And they're responding to something Governor Newsom said they have to do. And they're working closely with the Stronich Group. Okay. (laughs) Working closely
0: with the Stronich Group. So this is interesting because I was under the impression, right? That's why you research things. I was under the impression that the California Horse Racing Board, right? Because the Stronach family owns Los Alamitos, Santa Anita Park. Mm-hmm. The horse for each industry is a $1 trillion dollar industry. Right? And the podcast I did with Graham Honaker, the guest department of Butler University, talks about the money involved in sports. And this is, you know, we have the sports betting, the value of this podcast. So uh, Gonzaga University uh, by doing well in the NCA tournament right has gotten close to two billion with a B advertising value right by being in the NCA tournament mm-hmm. and their endowment is three billion dollars with a B. So the horse racing industry, um, the Queen of England owns horse racing, horses in Kentucky. The Strontich family is $3 billion. They're worth $3 billion cash. And that's not talking their assets. All this and that with the horse, horses they own, remember they're vertically integrated like Apple. And you know, I can announce it too. Apple has a purse though. Podcast. So the biggest uh, company in the world, the biggest company in the history of mankind has approached our podcast. So they, they see the value of what we're doing here. Uh, so that's that's $3 billion, right? Uh, Stronach family. And they're connected with the California Horse Racing Board. So with that money involved, right, the regulation of it, by should be by a private entity. They should pay like an arbitration. Somebody pays for a neutral arbiter to uh, mitigate a dispute between two parties. But no. Who pays for it? We do. I do. You do. Most people who aren't cheating on their taxes, listening to the podcast and watching the live streams, whatever, they're paying for the California horse racing board. So I'll ask you, I'm as guilty as anybody else. I have not gotten the value of what I paid, have paid in the um, time I've lived in California and all my life to the Florida horse race. I haven't gotten the value back from them, from the money that I've put in. And I haven't placed any demands on them. And after researching this a couple of years, I might. <laughs> well, <laughs> some demands on the horse, on the racing boards. I think we got a demand we got right now. Um, and they're kind of waking up to it a little bit, but people aren't, people don't understand this. And this is, that's why this podcast is a resource, right? right? Right. Right. Are you okay with 120 horses dying, right? And an increased rate at Santa Anita. Now, every fact that we put forward, right? A fact is what something you can prove.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And how do you prove it with direct evidence? What is direct evidence? Videos with corroboration. Document contemporaneous documentation, that means in time, mm-hmm. is corroborated by other people. Documents. So documents, video, and the worst part of we talked about eyewitness testimony being the worst part. Right? So We'll put a link on the episode notes. And then we'll write this up. We'll write, we'll clean up the transcript and publish it. So 120 horses died in Santa Anita. Is that something a point that where maybe we start getting involved and saying, hey, uh, yeah. obviously the love that you say you have for the horses, right, doesn't exist. You have a higher love of money. And why? Right. And we talked about the other podcasts. In the subsequent podcast, we'll get into it a little bit more with, we'll get deeper, we'll get more information and updates on Jason Service and George Navarro as far as the indictments are concerned. And the Schrodinger family sent on a press release saying, we weren't indicted. Well, why would you be indicted? Why would people think you were indicted that you would put it on a press release? So 120 horses dead just in Santa Anita, a farm uh, horse track. Owned by the Froning family. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Mike Persinisi? And and maybe that's something where you you and I start saying, "Hey, we, we haven't gotten our value for our taxes we've been paying forever here in California for the racing board. Uh, we want some action. You and I don't ask questions. Sometimes we want actions. We want action at this point when we got the evidence. That's right. The evidence is clear to everyone.
1: Well, I'm as you're as we were talking before the podcast, we started asking questions about someone has an email address that ends in .gov. You say, well, how can they be an independent group when they're basically being directed by Governor Newsom in California? And they're working closely with the Stronich Group to, as they said, which they own Sanity Park they are going to implement these enhanced uh, safety measures and reviews to further protect horses at Santa Anita. Okay, I, I'm confused. <laughs> I'm not the sharpest crayon in the box. I never have been, never will be. Uh, you got Governor Newsom, you got a CHRB, you got the Strider Family owning San Anita Park, and this group is gonna put in these new measures? Is somebody Is somebody telling me a story am i being lied to because i i don't believe it now like you said earlier josh there should have been an independent group paid for by the strongish group they said look we're going to pay you guys x amount of dollars you're independent from all of us you're not controlled or owned you're not governmental a consulting firm josh and mike's consulting firm hey we'll go do what you want us to do for a few bucks and give you a report
0: right set up by by a neutral yeah Uh, Powerful law law firm in California that already has up to a billion dollars. Some lawyers are billionaires, right? Top lawyers are billionaires. They don't care either way, but they know how to set something up. And Perfect retirement job for a young person in their late 40s, early 50s. They're already a billionaire. They don't need any money from anyone. Set up uh, the horse racing board in California, privately paid for, We're still pretending to be a capitalist country. (laughs) We're still pretending capitalism. So make it privately owned, neutral party that doesn't care, It has big bucks. Because what happens with these board members, and these board members end up, remember, they end up getting desperate and committing crimes and committing murders and mysterious murders that we'll get into as we go along. Mm But we're setting the stage for, we're setting the backstory. So we're going to talk about these people, five of these guys. We're going to talk about their their backgrounds, right? Mm -hmm. And where the evidence leads us. These people, right? The the reason we're calling it a fact, let me know if if we should do this, right? I'm calling this a fact, right? Something uh, proven to be uh, offered by them. And we're doing math, because math is not taught well in this country. It's not calculations, right? It is pattern recognition. So we're going to do some math. We're going to recognize some patterns. And we're going to identify corruption that they themselves are admitting to. Now, if something happens with these bios, right, and we see it happening all the time, they'll say, well, my secretary wrote it. I didn't know. That's not, but this is blah, blah, blah. But, right, we're going to look at this. And some things they can't, right, where they graduated from, who appointed them, right, and where there's smoke, there's fires, right. So there's a lot of circumstantial evidence that a lot of African Americans and minorities and poor white people have been put in jail for for a lot of this. And then uh, another tenant. Of the podcast foundational of the podcast is that justice and the law are distant cousins at best, at best. justice and dispositions right or final declarations in the truth in justice and what's right uh, have no relationship, or have a very very um,
1: dysfunctional relationship. Okay, yeah. Dysfunctional, yeah. Right. Well, Josh, you said something earlier about the level of hypocrisy, and I, as we were prepping for the show and talking about this CHRB, we ran across the t.Here's an executive director of the CHRB. Okay, okay. so this executive director says we're taking these historic safety enhancement steps uh, <laughs> to mitigate further risk at Santa Anita. Well, you've had 120 horses die in the last two and a half, three years. Was that what prompted this? Well, let, let's,
0: let's look at the background of both these guys, right? To oh, answer yeah. that question. First guy, I don't know if he's there anymore, but he's, okay, Dennis Alfieri. member appointed to the CHRB December 17th, 2018, through, and will call him number one. We'll go through five of these people. Uh, and, and the last one, we're going to have a lot of fun with. Uh, December 17th, 2018, through July 26, 2021. So in July 26, twenty one, he's going to be, but whatever, CHRP, right? California taxpayers, play for you. He's a managing member of the Mission Real Estate Group. Right. Remember, this Spanish family owns. Um, they own Los Alamitos. They own Belmont Stakes, which right next week. They own Gulfstream. They own Golden Gate Fields. They own the Maryland Jockey Club. Right, and um, part of the Pegasus World Cup. So they own six horse farms, in the United States, two in Canada. Uh, the Stronach family is connected to the Clintons, right? Uh, what do they call it, the Clinton body count? Um, we're suspicious about what, right? We're suspicious about the billionaire pharmaceuticals that were part of the seven murders in Toronto mm-hmm. Happen to live in the same neighborhood as the Stronach family. So the people that know the Clinton family count and George Soros, I'm not kidding you. This is not conspiracy theory. You can we'll put a link of official documentation Connecting George Soros with Belinda Stronich, who was what? An MP in Canada. She was wow. in the in Congress of Canada. And we're talking about board members. So uh, wow. these CHRB board members, when Belinda Stronich just looks at them, she looks at them quite differently than when she has she's friends with Ivanka Trump. She said, you know, dinner. So when she goes to lunch with Ivanka Trump, George Soros or the Clintons from the Clinton Foundation, uh, the CHRB <laughs> are small potatoes compared to the other people she eggs out with. All right, so this guy, uh, the Guggenham Real Estate, right? Guggenham, uh, they're the $26 billion firm that owns your Los Angeles Dodgers. Fiduciary Trust International California, St. Vincent Medical Center, former partner of the Oak Knoll Group headquarters in Pasadena. He's a heavy hitting lawyer on this board. Projects include the Toyota Speedway in Irwindale, Twin Palms restaurants, Pasadena, Newport Beach, Regency senior apartments, go on and on. Former chairman of the commissioner of the very corrupt, uh, you can look this up and we'll have links to the corruption and all the people that were put in jail in the LA County Housing Authority, member of the following housing partnerships is the big real estate guy to people who own horse farms and all this stuff. Member of the Optimist Club of Pasadena, right? charitable organizations for his PR, uh, Family Catholic Church, Equestrian Order of Holy Scepter of Jerusalem, uh, California Patriots of Arts, Vatican Museum, Provisional Member of Malta, Western Association holds a B.S. degree from USC. School of Public Administration currently resides in Pasadena, California, has four kids, Alexis, Austin, and Winston. What are your thoughts? He, he's Dennis Alphira. <laughs> now, this is the other guy we're going to talk about. So we'll have two questions, right? After we finish with Gregory... El Faro,
1: right? El Faro, yeah.
0: Both these guys, right? Their last name ends with a vowel. Yours does as well, like Prisci (laughs) Nisi. And uh, we'll ask you, what are your thoughts on these guys? And then if this last guy we're talking about is such a genius when it comes to veterinarian, being a veterinarian, what did the facts lead us and the evidence lead us that there's 120 horses dead under his watch and why is he still there and why we're paying for him to be there right so chair appointed to the chrb june 25 uh, 2019 through 2023 retired from uh, a variety of high school positions dealing with animal health okay now this makes more sense he's a high school guy so you got a high school guy here as chairman here of the uh, California Horse Racing Boards right? in California Davis, right? And we all know that California Davis is the number one party school, year in, year out. Year in, year out. Uh, most recently, 2015, he was the equine surgical consultant. So you got a high school uh, veterinarian teacher. How does he get this post? The surgical uh associate director i don't know i don't want a, 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 a home ec teacher performing surgery on me uh a previously associate director it's because people aren't, aren't paying attention that's why these crazy things happen previously including myself included i didn't know any of this previously associate director ucd large animal clinic And director of the Center for the Equine Health at the UCD Veterinary School of Medicine, while simultaneously serving as a clinical professor of surgery in the school's department, the school. So he's never been in private practice, always worked for some, uh, you know, always, I call it collecting welfare. Some people might get mad at me, but he's always collecting welfare not at a private entity, but being paid for with taxpayers' dollars. Prior to joining the UCSD on a permanent basis, he served at a school in very surgical roles while conducting a private veterinary practice from 1972 to 1997. Right? At, this is where he had his private vet practice wasn't going out there doing his own marketing. He did it from 1972 to 1977, working for the Stronach family at Southern California, thoroughbred. So this guy, when you want to talk about Alan Weissenberg, right, who worked with the Trump family since 1971, and said, so oh, he's real loyal to them. Frank Ferraro is really loyal to the Stronachers. He worked in 1972. I was born in 1971. 50 years ago. So he's very, very loyal. He's deep in. He's almost like a made mafia family member of the family. And he's the head of the veterinary. <laughs> Can you make stuff like this up? Right, Can you make stuff like this up? This is that's why horse racing, true crime, truth, is always such So not only. Is this out here? They're putting this out, and, and I, before they take it off the internet, I made a PDF of it, and I'll give people access to it so yeah. they can link on the PDF because I know they have to scrap it. This. This, this is direct evidence. I, I mean, you cannot. This is directly linked where where the Stronich family paid for this veterinarian who's never had a private practice. I don't think he's ever worked on an animal in his life. He never had to. He's paid by taxpayers money. And I wanna talk about a private public partnership. He's being paid by a major university and the horse track. Prior to working in politics, he served as a community organizer, right? For the union. Now, who controls the union? The mafia, right? You look at the Irishman, you look at, uh, maybe you don't wanna look at something like the Irishman, which is a work of fiction. But every work of fiction has an element of truth to it, history to it, that you have to, and I say have to, because you have to learn your surroundings so you don't get killed or you don't get killed financially. You have to know your, your surrounding. So read, it's online, the Library of Congress, and just look for the connections between organized and disorganized crime, right? There's the other thing too. People blame a lot of organized crime, right? And they lay it on the feet of the five families in New York, on the cartel. But every single Chinese company listed in the New York Stock Exchange or NASA, it's a fraudulent company, mm-hmm. right? And it's not just that. You look at Saudi companies, you look at uh, Asian mafias, Right. And and people do such a disservice and lack of education and intellect when they group Asians together. The Vietnamese hate the Chinese. The Chinese hate the Taiwanese. The Taiwanese hate the Chinese. The Chinese are hated by the Koreans. Uh, The South Koreans hate the Taiwan. You know, there's different parts of Asia and they all have criminal gangs and criminal mafias within the United States. Because the United States is the only currency, right? And the only banking system that is stable and that you could trust. Every single banking system, other than the Swiss system, you can't trust. In the Swiss, you can't just go to Switzerland, right? Like anybody, whether you're an illegal, whoever you are, you're an alien that just dropped here from Mars, you can go to chase or you can go to Bank of America and put your money in there, and they're going to guarantee it up to a hundred thousand dollars. No other country does that,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and because of that, every single mafia or syndicate or anything that exists, right, has to have, including Putin, including Fidel Castro, whoever it is, Kadyrov, whoever. It doesn't matter. They all, Luke Luk the president of Belarus. Nobody knows who Luchinko is, right? Other than me, because I pay attention to things. He just arrested a journalism who lived in another country. The plane was close. They went in there with Russian and Belarus people uh, and they paid off. The, the pilot didn't have to do anything, but they gave the pilot a lot of money and he flew the plane to Belarus and landed in there. And that guy Luchinko has money here in the United States. And it Chinese, as communists as they are, they're very capitalist about buying property here in Southern California. I'm almost, you could almost put a gun to my hand and you'd say, Josh, you live if you're you're right, and if you die, you die. I would say that Dennis Alferi has sold some property at some point to the CCP, the Communist Chinese Party. Right? So that is what's going on. So Mike Prisenisi, What do you think about these two guys? And and now I think I answered my own question about
1: how do 120
0: horses die and this guy who's supposed to be a veterinarian doesn't know anything about it.
1: Well, you set the tone. You said truth is stranger than fiction. I I tell a lot of people, I say, I'm going to tell you a story and you tell me if we could sell this to Hollywood. So I tell them something that's true has happened in my life. Right. And they'll look at me and say, "Did you just make all that up?" I said, "No, it's right. fiction." Because when they do something in Hollywood in the script, they say, "Oh, cut, Josh. Let's do that again. That take you did. Okay, cut. I'm going to have you come back here, a different angle." You know, life. There's no memoraks, and these characters, these players, and I don't know them, but by reading about them and seeing their connections and seeing dot gov to their email address and who's appointed to who it's like it doesn't take me long to connect the dots to say it's all corrupt the whole system's corrupt now i'm not a conspiracy theorist i don't think that the martians are coming tomorrow to take me away back to the mothership but there's a lot of corruption that you and i are just trying to talk about and basically share with people to say go do your own homework Go investigate. Go ask some people you know. Have you ever been to the racetrack? Have you ever placed to bet? Do you know how that works? Do you know where the money goes? Do you know what the odds are? Do you know what your chances of winning are? Are you going to win at the track? And all of a sudden, you start looking at the players and the owners. Like, I look at the strongholds group. Like you said, vertically integrated, okay? They own the racetracks. They own the horse farms. They own the whole betting software. Right. <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that, does it? You come to our track. You bet on our horses. You use our system, and sure, you're gonna win. Maybe, not. <laughs> no, you're no not.
0: you can't. No, there's some people that win. And some people that make a living at, right? Yeah. And now this kind of, you know, makes more sense, right? Makes more sense. Let me see. Who was the, the head of the California Assembly that was connected to the cartels? It had uh Schwarzenegger um, pardon his son. Oh, thank you. If yeah, that was to the next
1: so person I'm going to talk about here. Yeah, that was a while back. Um, you have me at a disadvantage, I wasn't prepared for that. Okay, so you had no, I got it right here. It's uh, you got
0: a couple of people, right? You got Leland Yee, Leland State of,
1: yes,
0: yes, Leland Yi. You have Kevin DeLeon. Kevin DeLeon, that's it. Who ended up, he's, he's, he's controlled by the Mexican cartels. So you're saying that the head of the California State Assembly, who ties to Arnold Schwarzenegger, who lives a couple miles from your house, is connected to the cartels? Yes. Very possible. And here, like in California, I always laugh because it happened to me when I lived in uh, Encinitas. It happened here in Lake Forest where the people are overly health-conscious, mm. overly really health-conscious. I'm mm. walking, taking a walk with Anna, and I have a coffee in my hand. People are looking at me sideways and saying, oh, that coffee's unhealthy. So we walk a mile, mile and a half, and then you see a donut shop. It's empty that nobody goes to. But that donut shop has been there for eight years. Nobody goes in that donut shop. <laughs> That's a money laundering place for the cartel, right? Because it call me racist, but there's only Mexican people that go in there. It's only mixing people outside waiting for day labor. But nobody's buying a donut. <laughs> <laughs> the donut shop where nobody buys a donut. Me, uh-huh. Just to be a comedian that I am, I walked in there one day to buy a donut. Right? And uh, what I got was a Mexican tamale that was sold at the back back of the car because there was no donuts. They sold. A <laughs> the money laundering place for... Kevin Dealey on the mafia and I say that because we're going to talk about our friend on the California Rating board and let me know your thoughts I preface that by Wendy Mitchell she was appointed to the CHRB September 9th 2019 <laughs> through uh July 26 2020 then reappointed to so she's getting a lot of our money reappointed to july 26 2024 i think you're right uh like we're saying we can't get one of these people on here because they want to do their research and listen to the podcast and see where we're going with it But she's the the owner principal of wendy mitchell consulting in 2016 probably gets a uh, another bet right i bet you some of her contracts she gets for this consulting firm is from the state Mm. california state is the top five economy in the whole wide world. And these people are in right there close to power, All right? Previously enjoyed a long distinguished career at the California State Capitol with Kevin DeLeon and our friends in the cartel. Mm. Serving in various roles. Chief of Staff to Senator Denise Moreno Dunchney, Senior Budget Consultant. Woo caucus, right? The Senate Minority Caucus, I guess Ms. Mitchell is Mexican or something, uh, served as vice president of public affairs for both CalDs and Woodside Natural Gas. gas. They lobbied to get uh, a lot of money, get things their way, a lot of land, right? A lot of land Mm -hmm. grants, all kinds of Mm -hmm. Yep, That's made public service A part of her life prior to to the CHRB, she served for six years on the oh boy, on the extremely corrupt, paid off California Coastal Commission, South Valley Planning Commission, right? Uh, and, And what these people, politicians for the most part, people, boards, they get paid to say and do ridiculous things you never would do unless you're getting paid. She was on the Mulholland. A lot of Merlin's on Mer- Mulholland Drive, right? Mulholland yeah. Design Review Board. Man, she loves boards. She loves piano boards. <laughs>
1: hey,
0: hey, right on. Remember, these other people only make like $600 a month, but they get outrageous healthcare. Also served on the board. She loves that rubber chicken, right? She loved, served on the board of California League of uh, Conservation Conservation Voters, Planned Parenthood, Los Angeles Project, Pacoma Beautiful, the LA Business Council, the Chicano Latino. Now I'm Latinx. I didn't even know that. I didn't know what, what I'm not called on the Latinx Youth Leadership Project and earned a master's degree in public administration. Mm. Frank.
2: Mm.
0: USC like everybody else yeah There's well two people you go with
1: the same degree well you understand that she was actually denied the reappointment commissioner because Ooh. they had a hearing and they ended up voting 17 to 20 to deny her second time Woo! so that's how corrupt she was so somebody said well we really can't have she's too much trouble we got to get her out we got to get somebody else in there Right. <laughs> and I think the point we're making for the viewing and listening audience, Josh, is just this that these people, unlike most of our audience who works for a living and earns a paycheck and pays taxes, these people are sucking on the titties of the big pig. I'm sorry. They they haven't worked, they haven't worked a day in their lives. Right. And our tax dollars are paying for these fools to tell us how corrupt they are and keep right. showing up in these public conferences we're here to say hey okay are we whistleblowing okay I, maybe no we're we'll- just
0: reading we're just reading their just they're reading putting
1: out stuff this is all public information right i hope somebody's getting as fired up as i am because this stuff leads to horses being killed so owners right. can make more money right. okay again i'm not a big animal rights person but i'm becoming a little more sensitive in that arena because I read. Well, this.
0: Where is Peta? Where is
1: Peta? Where is Peta? What are they saying? Where, why are they not louder?
0: Right, and my fault, right? Pina, Pina. Right. No, it's the same thing. I, the same thing I feel with George Floyd and black people getting killed. I thought that black activists were at least attempting at some point to do part of their job. They're not doing. Yeah. they're not doing it why are black guys uh like uh Philandro castile a teacher who was working sunday school he didn't have to or was working uh summer right he didn't have to work summer and he was working summer because he liked working with the kids the guy could retire he didn't he goes out he puts his hands on a steering wheel he gets blown away why is that happening all because so-called black activists get making all this money it's up to millions of dollars that they get on these, things. I know. Al Sharpton has a TV
1: show making a million dollars a year because they're not doing their job. And how much money does he owe in taxes? When's the last time you actually said, "Oh, did Sharpton pay his taxes?" The 2.8 million he owes, no. For how many years? Seven, eight, ten. You and I are behind bars. The IRS says, uh, "Josh, we're going to just, we're going to seize your assets. You're going to be behind bars because us this money, and until you pay it off, you're not getting out." Well, it's Jesse like, Jackson,
0: Jesse Jackson, his son went to jail, protecting his dad.
1: Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. He wouldn't rat on his dad, so he went to jail. And the problem is that PETA is getting paid off. That's Somebody's another thing. Put your head, gun to my head or whatever. But they, the Stronach family knows they need to pay. I think the Stronach family knows for you They know what they're doing. They've been paying PETA off <laughs> for, yeah. for
1: years. They, they've for been years. buying everybody for years absolutely we're Uh, buying
0: everybody this is the problem i didn't sign up for this i didn't sign up for my taxpayers buddy to be used for uh
1: killing horses i did not
0: and you and i aren't (laughs) animal activists but we erroneously right that's that's a great thing about the podcast you're learning mistakes you make you gotta admit your mistake i erroneously right trusted Peta and a lot of these Peta people are retired people who made a good living. They're living off pension. They live in nice houses. They do not need the money from the corrupt. They do not need the money from the corruption. Right? Mm-hmm. They don't. You've ever met these Peta people at Sierra Club? They come in. Where's the Sierra Club? Where you got? You oh, infrastructure is also X Y Z. This is infrastructure. Literally, these are people, titans, people with un- unlimited amounts of money in a trillion-dollar industry, right? That's, That's the point funny. I was making before. This is a trillion-dollar mm-hmm. ind- with a T, right? And, and we got what? Direct evidence. We have proof. We have facts that this is a trillion-dollar industry, right? Read the seven trillion in stimulus, and Biden wants to put another seven trillion. Why can not he justify this, right? Why can not the counters that work for Kamala Harris justify all this? Yeah. Because just the, just the horse race industry is one trillion dollar, with a T, all right, counting in the worldwide. You say, oh, well, how can you say that? Well, look it up and put links to it, right? Facts. Check the it England out. horse sales, two hundred and thirty-three million. And the reason I think that's the tip of the iceberg is because the handle of the Kentucky Derby, I think the guy forgot. He just just put two hundred yeah. and thirty-three. That's else. just two events that I know of. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: That I can prove, and that right there, it's over a billion dollars when you when you look at all the ripple effects with the Stop. Kingman horse sales and the Kentucky Derby handle.
1: Here, here's another one, Josh. So as we were doing our research and we ran across this thing about the statement, someone said that this is unprecedented in American horse racing. Now, this was said by Alexis Podesta. Listen to this handle secretary of the business consumer services and housing agency. He's CHRB. Uh, Okay, so you're talking about horse racing rules to protect horses, and you're the secretary of the Business Consumer Services and Housing Agency, and you're over the CHRB? There's all our tax dollars are going right into a corrupt loop. We're we're not getting any value. You talked about value proposition earlier. Where's our value proposition?
0: Because we're paying for it. They say, "Oh, why do you care? Why are well, you getting in the Stronach family's business?" Right? Because it's almost like when somebody says, "Oh, and this was happening and they don't finish the story. We are paying. We're not just curious out of curiosity, getting somebody's business. We are paying for the rest of the story. So we got two more people to go.
2: Okay,
0: and uh. When I was doing um, research with something that, that again something that's stranger than fiction, and that I wasn't paying attention to, but gives me more clearly clarity into the world. Right, we have a big right, we have a big mental health problem. Right, health mental health crisis. We have mm-hmm. also a homeless crisis. So mm-hmm. when we were doing a study with Dr. Gardner, who's on the first three podcasts of uh, Trump Nation, again we're doing a study. Based on data, based on facts, direct right evidence as we defined it. You have people who aren't psychotherapists or social workers who go out and they survey the homeless. Mm-hmm. And what they put on the report are homeless people self diagnosing themselves. So, yes, so you have. So, why is every single number? that Gavin Newsom has, that Biden has, that Trump has. All of those numbers from the homeless garbage because you have, again, I'm not making this up, truth is stranger than fiction. You have homeless people. You have crazy people diagnosing themselves on what mental illness they have, right? And you have uh, what? L.A. is going to put $20 billion to build micro houses uh, in L.A. to get people from the park to a micro house based on those numbers we just described. You don't have to be, uh, you don't have to read those books back there and get a degree in any of that. You understand that a crazy person self-diagnosing themselves, if you have a premise, right, that's faulty, Anything you built upon that premise is garbage, right? Okay, so that's a homeless situation. And what I'm saying is, right? The same way you can't self-diagnose yourself.
2: Yeah. Right.
0: There's, there's a lot of self-diagnosis out there. They read a book, they watch this and that, yeah. and they feel they're really good at assessing themselves. Oh yeah, I have autism. Oh really? Who diagnosed? Oh, I did. I went in there and I read online the DSM and I meet criteria and da da da. You can't do that. You can't self that's why we have evidence and proof having corroboration you need somebody else up to five people really I, my point I'm, I'm at the point where five people have to corroborate something before i start giving it uh some level of credit Dude, otherwise i say I, I really don't know now we have board member alex solis retired jockey who rode horses for the Stronach family from <laughs> 1982 to 2017. Uh, member of the National Museum of Racing Hall of Fame, right? uh, nominated by the Stronach family, and appointed to the California Horse Racing Board by Governor Moonbeam Brown Amen. on April 30th, 2015, through oh. 2018, and reappointed by Governor Brown through uh, 2022. You had a retired jockey who rode horses, rode Stronach family horses to victory.
1: You have to Remember laugh. Yeah. You have to laugh. If you listen to what you're reading, Josh, you can't help but burst out and go, wait a minute. Wait, they, He worked for the Stronach family for years? Oh, so the same people that are paying a jockey who's now retired gets appointed by the governor. Okay, wh- hold on a second. So you mean to tell me that people that own horse racing tracks and have software and have horses, they have the influence to tell the governor who to appoint to a board to tell them how they're going to- Well, remember,
0: remember it, you want to talk about double dipping, right? And double dipping is a problem, right? And double dipping is done by the sheriff in Orange County, right? So you have sheriff's of Orange County, they were, they are trying to give her, you know, um, homage. And I was like, for what? All right. So she takes bribes from the cartel in L.A. in the sheriff's department, retires after 30 years, comes to Orange County and becomes the, the deputy. That's how deep she is after Corona, who was jailed for multiple felonies, the head sheriff's. Deputy, right? She comes by, man. Now that I'm thinking about it, man, was she in deep? Yeah. (laughs) She takes the cake, right? So she gets a retirement from LA County, four hundred thousand, then makes another four hundred grand as a deputy in Orange County, right? So she's she's double dipping, as is retired Oakland cop, right, who was making three hundred thousand dollars in retirement and in retirement. He falls with, he's an FBI agent now. And remember what we said, right? We talk about, this is a horse racing true crime podcast. And these people that we are describing, right? Are in the California horse racing board. So this FBI cop don't commit two crimes at the same time. Mm -hmm. So this FBI agent, right? decides to collect this ability. And they show him running on a case on an FBI case. And, and luckily somebody else in the FBI office. Because remember, uh, FBI agents were paid off, right? That's where the facts and the evidence, that's why they had, they were sitting on all this evidence on our friends. and. I'm going to do my due diligence now that we're ahead with the podcast a little bit. Uh, Nature's almost done. I'm going to have some time to start making some phone calls and get these guys on uh, Jason's service because they're the tip of the iceberg. That's why they're willing to talk. They got stories that they won't say, but they got stories they can't say. It's just the tip of the iceberg because FBI agents were sitting on this evidence for 10 years. 10 years. Allowing statute of limitation, the, whatever evidence they collected the first five years, they had to throw it all out. And they know it this.
2: Yeah.
0: The only reason Jason Service and the other guy was because the horse, right? It, again, another truth, the horse, maximum security, $12,000 horse, ends up being a $35 million. That's dirty mm-hmm. at the Saudi Cup. And you're saying, Josh didn't maximum security win the Kentucky Derby? And the Preakness, yes. Hello. And race to Del Mar. How was this horse allowed to race in the state after testing dirty in Saudi Arabia and having their horse trainers get popped? The horse trainers get popped.
2: Yeah.
0: And Bob Baffert says, hey, I'll take that horse.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you see, yeah. I'll spike it. And blame it on the other guys who were spiking in. Let's, well, the races. Let me, Let's let make the
1: let me share maybe a little bit of ray of sunshine or some good news I think was about to surface. That was the uh uh Barry and Honey Sherman, those uh uh pharmacist people up in Toronto, right? <laughs> right. I think I think they actually said, you know what, we're they had a moral conviction. They said, you know what, we're we're not helping these horses, we're killing them. And so they want to start to blow the whistle. And all of a sudden the Stornage family and the <laughs> whoa, 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 out. You, wait, we got a lot of money. know, they just popped them. They end up dead. And, and and
0: it wasn't the crime of the century right? Because yeah. they lived in Canada. The cops in Canada, you know, when you and that's why I think it could be it could be, I think for a for a large part of, of it, it could be a, the fact that uh, if you if if you buy into Howard Zinn, it says you know we've been the cop of the whole world, right? Yeah. But, you know, Donald Trump called um, Cheney a warmonger, right? Because we've gone from war to war to war to war to war, to war right? And uh, a lot of our PE teachers, I know my PE teacher, were. Um, Vietnam vets, right? And, you know, Vietnam vets, when you're in PE class, they would body slam you, right? Uh, they would teach you toughness. They're body slam you, when you try to get up, they would kick you. <laughs> and if you had the parents I had, when you went home, my mom said, well, what do you do to make that guy mad? Right? Yeah. So We have a lot of, like, unresolved trauma and violence here in the United States, oh, no. yeah, that you know, and it ties into uh horse racing and true crime. But the police officers in this from in the honey and Barry Sherman neighborhood they do not have guns, hmm. uh, the Sherman family did not have a video system. I don't have as much money as they do, but I have a video in front and have a video in the back. You can't even come through here without being on video.
2: Uh,
0: I did have a friend in high school uh, who had 180 confirmed kills in Vietnam. And uh, the Bonanno family was in my neighborhood. That's the first time I saw a cell phone (laughs) about 30 years ago. This guy had this big cell phone, some guy behind him carrying a suitcase. He had five guys around him. People were like, who is that? Oh, that's banana. So, person connected to him, he used to invite me over to watch the fights. Had a huge spread. Watch the fights. He would pay whatever for the fights. He just wanted to accompany the conversation. Right? And he used the skills he used in Vietnam for business. But nobody got in his business. We loved him. Great guy. But because of the business he was in, he had cameras. This is 31 years ago. He had cameras all the way down the street. He had mm-hmm. cameras that pointed to the sky and illuminated the first infrared cameras I had. I don't know if he was <laughs> even supposed to have it, probably not. He got more. So you could see people coming from anywhere. And, and you know, it's a true story. He had a heart attack. And when he had a heart attack was he saw. In his surveillance super surveillance camera that went through the whole really the whole subdivision he had cameras and everything he saw his daughter talking to an african-american guy. <laughs> but i'm prefaced this to say that the sherman to this day when they got killed it's now a year and a half we didn't have any cameras so it wasn't hard yeah it wasn't hard for people who were consulting with the Clinton Valley Camp to get rid of these pharmaceutical people, because they did own a horse pharmacy, and again, there were nice people who would be upset at 120 horses being. Yeah, this yeah. is just the Santa Anita. Who knows? How, they had six horse farms and six tracks. Who knows how many? else? You know, no, nobody knows. Nobody really knows the number. No. Right? I'm probably even skeptical of the number in San Anita. Sure. So the last guy we're going to talk is his bio is very short. Let me know. If people have watched The Irishman. Uh, I'll give you a quick history. Right? And if you disagree with any of this, let me know. Because we're old school. We're old. Like that guy. He had killed 180 people. For his job, who knows how many people he killed. But we would disagree. He would say, Josh, you're wrong. Yeah. And then we you better be here for the fights next time, right? Nobody got mad at you, brother, for disagreeing. That's what people do because when you're being oh. honest, I disagree with Anna half the time. When you're being honest, you disagree with people. People have their own opinion, different opinions. This is America, land of the free. You know, you're supposed to have your own opinion. Yeah. Right? All right, so this guy's name is Damascus Castañanos. Member appointed on March 10, 2020. Bye. Gavin Newsom. His uh, goes through 2023. He's president and business representative for Teamsters Local 495. Teamsters for over 30 years representing various industries throughout Southern California. Married with three children one grandson. Ah, wow. With all this credentials and everything he has, he's a current resident of the Mexican cartel town of Pico Rivera.
1: Pico Rivera.
0: <laughs> I don't think you can pay me to go to Pico Rivera. I don't know if I would come out alive if I went to Pico Rivera. But short history of the Teamsters uh, through the 50s, they were run by Jimmy Hoffa, who nobody knows where he is right now. <laughs> nobody knows where Jimmy Hoffa is. He was connected with the mob. And um, I remember in Tampa, uh, I worked with some people. Some people hired me. They're like, we have to go to talk to Santo Traficante Jr. Oh, yeah. He sent his goons over to my restaurant. Uh, I was face down. I knew not to look up. And the guy put the gun to my head and he said, Santo Traficante Jr says you can have the restaurant but you can't sell alcohol. I'm like, I come from a Pentecostal Christian family and I'm more scared of my mom than I am with you and you have a gun to my head. If I sold alcohol or cigarettes, which you haven't mentioned, in this Uh restaurant, my mom would set this place on fire. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. So, That was my introduction. So, Santra Traficante worked with uh, Gigante, and Gigante was big with the Teamsters, Mm. and they were kicked out of Cuba, and they paid for John F. Kennedy to be president. Right? Mm. This is all in uh, the Library of Congress and the Warren Commission. Mm-hmm. Warren Commission findings status right. And uh, Kennedy's brother was bust, busting the shops, as we used to call it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Of, uh, and that's something right that we grew up with.
2: Yeah.
0: That it was it was called uh, breaking balls. Breaking balls. people broke your balls or whatever, you didn't get mad or try to kill them or anything. You laughed you know <laughs> right it was no big deal we weren't as, as as thinly skinned as we are now right so all of this is part of the teamsters union which is uh connected to syndicates now cartels now organized They're organized with cartels because they have to like uh in the irishman what Hoffa said you know you know if it was driven to you it was if you got it, it was driven to you by what today would be either a cartel or a mafia-owned truck Not so to, to the action. And what is in that truck, right? The trillion dollar with a T fentanyl drug uh, business, right? Yeah. So what do you think of our friends? That's why I you say Teamsters, Penn National, right? Teamsters, Penn National. Let me read his uh, bio again. Let me know your thoughts, Michael Pristini. Our friend. I I laughed at the Republican National Convention with Chris Christie. Like, friend of ours. I'm like, oh, geez. You you can't let it go for five seconds. (laughs) This is the convention. Friends of ours. So our friend, friend of ours. Let me
1: pull him up one more time. And he was the president of the Teamsters Union. Right. And appointed by Governor Newsom to be on the California Horse Racing Board. I'm trying to connect the dots here, Josh. What are his qualifications? Why would he? <laughs> you know, if the guy had a basic resume and I'd read it, I'd say, you're a Teamsters guy. Yeah, you know, I got I got appointed by Governor Newsom because I'm on the board for the horse racing and and you know, you understand? N- no, sir, I don't. I don't I can't, <laughs> can't connect these dots any way, shape, manner, or form. I don't get it. Doesn't make sense. I mean, I There's no logical reason this person is on this board. Well, there we go again. We're using logic and common sense. Well, this is dirty money. This is horse racing, true crimes. This is why you have (laughs) the horses, right?
0: Right. Yeah. I'm so flabbergasted. I I, I lost the PDF where I had them on. But But, but the the Teamsters Union...
1: Yeah. yeah
0: oh boy.
1: You know, I mean, if the if you can bump somebody off, a human being, like what's killing a horse? They watched The Godfather and they chopped off the horse's head, put it in the bed with the guy. <laughs> guy. That's where this all started, huh? This is happening every day in every racetrack in America. Horses are dying. Why? Because what did Jorge Navarro say? I'd spike every horse I'd run. He said that. How <laughs> oh, he. He
2: yeah.
1: long did Jorge Navarro spike horses? Two years, three, five? How right. many horses is that? 500, 1,000, 3,000, 5,000? Great. Right. He's potentially killed 5,000 horses. Well, he's in jail right now. He's in Good. jail right now. And you say, well, where
0: did he do this? He did this in Ocala, Florida. Here it is. He did this in Ocala, Florida. You say, well, big deal. California right. is a hick town in Florida. Well, yeah. it's a hick town where the Stronach family of all people has a horse friend. All right. So let's Damasas Castellanos. Member appointed March 10th, 2020 through January 2022. Business representative. What business are you doing here? For the Teamsters local 495. Teamsters for over 30 years representing various industries throughout Southern California. Mary and Pico Rivera. Right? So if I was running the recall campaign against Newsom, I would only run because people can't handle complicated things. Which is one than two. I would run on one thing. I would run on the appointments, connections to him of the appointments, whether it's campaign contributions. Has he gotten we'll look this up? Has he gotten campaign
1: contributions from the Strunnish family? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, probably an endorsement. <laughs>
0: so all right. so two questions before we finish because I know you had to go we wanted to do this fast but one thing leads to another you you can't horse racing true crime so (laughs) you have the jockey paid by the strunishes you have bad boys farms Ocala Florida George Devaro jailed he wants to go to Ocala Nobody wants to go to, he wants to be transferred no. to Ocala. Yeah. <laughs> no. And what we do here on this podcast, we make sense of things, right? And then you have Castellanos, you have the jockey. Yeah. And why are we paying for Castellanos? Why are we paying for, for a, a cartel? He's a combo, combo. cartel mobster guy. Why are we paying him our taxpayers money to be a part of the, the empire?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The question is, has anybody actually sat down, and maybe you and I are the first two to do this, has anybody actually <laughs> sat down and actually read this stuff and not fucked <laughs> up like we're busting up? Like, oh are you is this a, is this a script for a movie for hollywood is somebody is this really how hap- mike it's to happen josh this has happened these people are getting paid with your tax dollars to do what well exactly
0: it, it, you know what and part of it is people are like well hey uh, josh and uh, mike uh, you guys can't do anything about it but why you know why do you care what can you do to stop it well number one is we're not making a moral or ethical or even a legal argument because we're not lawyers but we are saying what we are are taxpayers and we're saying maybe we need to get to some people (laughs) say hey most taxpayers don't want to pay for this if you want to rig races and do whatever you want you're spiking horses or whatever um we we'll write some letters to PETA, made him wake him up. Do you guys know this is going on? Me, are you, hey, maybe you do need to check the bank account, have, sign NDAs, whatever, and do what happened with the NRA. Check the bank accounts that's of nice. major PETA people, and are they getting paid off by the shortage? Because the parents just have a fund of people they pay off. That's, oh. that's clear. Oh. And what Penn National does, Barcelona it's all legal. Now, am I going to get swooped up in it and and use Barstool Sports when the NFL season comes up? No, I'm not. Because I know they're run by Penn Nation. You know, that's run by the same one of the other mafia families. But what we are saying is that as taxpayers, we could talk to some people who are committing other crimes that they want people to know about and make the CHRB, since this is a trillion dollar industry, make the Strona just, hey, write another check. I don't think they even care. Write another check. It's set up. They're doing their own independent investigation of uh, Medina Spirit. Yeah. They set yeah. up an independent horse racing board. HRB, right? Not Let's take that out right. of California state government.
1: I'm, I'd be willing to bet you, Josh, that people watching and listening to this podcast would say, my tax dollars, are, I just read it to you. I, this is public information. We didn't make this stuff up we're doing our due deal we're laughing going do you believe what you're reading i mean we were busting up it's like if it weren't so sad it would be funny but it's sad because our tax dollars we work hard for the money we make and my tax dollars are going to pay for this
0: for the, for the mafia and, and corruption people to spike horses little, and resources and, and, and reap benefits of a trillion dollars
1: What's the ROI for me, for Mike, for Josh? I haven't seen a value of a dime in three. Great. Right. Right. So, anyway, I hope I hope our viewers and listeners are getting half the charge out as we are because this <laughs> this is sad. I mean, I'm sorry to laugh, but it's it's disappointing. It's sad. It's disconcerting. Whatever the word is you want to use. So maybe somebody will get fired up and say, you know what, guys, thank you. You're educating us. We need to look into this. I I would. I'm going to. We're going to continue.
0: In the same way, the same. Yeah, no, because it's horse racing, true crimes. And you said it, uh, my person, Nisi. This is better than 80% of the Hollywood scripts out there. This is, this is truth. And for everybody listening around the country, um, I'll develop this as the years go on and I'm learning. I'm, And I think part of the reason I haven't launched on something uh, is because I'm still learning, right? It started with like Huey Long, hasn't changed. Uh, It's happening in every single, you know, I say every single, the economists did a study in 115 countries to find out which was corrupt, which was wasn't level of corrupt. They found out that all 115. So every single, I'll purchase this with direct evidence I have. Um, I spent 20 years in Tampa Bay area, two years in Austin, Texas, actually five years in Austin, Texas, two years in Boston and two years in New York city. And now I've been here in Southern California since 2009. This is mm-hmm. 2021, 14 years. And because my parents came from a communist country, right. When they were allowed capitalism and, um, all they had was communist party meetings to go to, right? It's only one side. And uh, if you didn't go for one side, you were killed. They didn't mess around. Like the mafia, they'd kill you huh? off. Right. Instead of a mafia, it was the communist party. So as an adult, and really as an entire certain high school, and that's where I was... Um, educated in the corruption, right the guy in high school in florida the guy worked for the city made 200 grand for the city and he owned six um he died uh his daughter is probably listening to this but uh he know because she kind of left it and um he owned i won't say exactly the industry but let's say he owned uh let's say something let's say six ice cream shops it wasn't what he owned
2: Mm -hmm.
0: people in Thailand but in those ice cream shops he ran a major heroin Mm -hmm. with uh the chief of police of this town in Florida and people do the research he did it that's so that's what I'm learning in high school so truth is stranger than fiction there's always stories so New Orleans uh Boston, New York, I always followed the local and all of them 100% are all 100% corrupt. And you can learn more about that corruption. Just go Google the New York mayor's race now where every single candidate that's been detailed has some sort of level of correction. You say Andrew Young's corrupt? Yeah, Andrew Young says that he's a entrepreneur millionaire. Then you find out that 500,000 of it came When Obama paid him off with uh, our taxpayers' money for an entrepreneurial organization, we pocketed uh, 500 grand of his wealth in that New York Times article. So yeah, Andrew Young. As much as I like him, and much as his story, which wasn't true, his story is good. I like it because it has at least has some capitalism in it. Yeah, yeah entrepreneurship is good so every single municipality every single county board in this country is correct. There might be one or two that aren't that's a, a affluent community with a bunch of young retired independently wealthy people that run a tight shop yeah. and they hired I think there is one town it's not a big town but it's like that in the Northeast one in the, in the West that's for the most part like that, but they had corruption before those people came in and they rooted it out, they did things the right way. But 99%, so I preface this by the same way we read about the board and we use math, which is pattern recognition and research, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read the agenda to the next board meeting and read where your money, your taxpayer money in your town is going to, and why, and who knows who, and what knows what. And then you decide whether you agree with it or not. And then I'll take it a step further. I'll give you a tutorial. Challenge. The items you know aren't the real payoffs. Because like a lot of people are afraid, oh, I'm going to get killed. No, you won't. There's some things that are coming in that by habit, they're corrupt, that they don't really care about. That isn't what paying their bills or paying their mortgage pay. Sure. That
1: mm-hmm.
0: tiny bit of corruption that you object to, go ahead and fight it. Have a good time and have a lot of fun.
2: Yeah.
1: Go go to a city council meeting, put the little shit in there so you get your three minutes to talk and address one of the topics you want to talk about. And get up there and say
0: after you've done your research though. Go to a, a few meetings. Go right. to meetings that so you feel comfortable.
1: Yes, be polite. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a body part. Don't be a horse's patoot and just say, ladies and gentlemen, blah, 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 blah. Here's my observation. Here's my thought. Please address this. Thank you very much. Now, my experience doing that over the years has been that they respect the fact that you're a citizen in their town, that you vote for them. Hint, hint. You vote for them. You spend money there. And the fact that you can speak some semblance of English well, They'll listen to you. It's the people get up there and flail and ran and rape. They, they don't listen to those people. No, and,
0: and if you got three minutes, I never use, and, and I'll put one at the end of the episode, one of my most effective ones that I've done. Yeah. So if you have three minutes, don't use the three minutes. Do your research. And for the first minute, prove the research you've done because yeah. if you do reference. what I told you pick the one that's obvious corruption, that everybody's being paid off. But is isn't the main thing that's paying their bills. What happens is, that nine times out of ten, you would have done more research than that on city, city council person. For them, they probably didn't that's read the fact that they got their 39. They don't know, and you're hitting him with a surprise. Intelligent pack because you've done your research. Yes. And the first minute, minute you don't even do what your point is. You do both sides. Be like, well, the other side might think this, and this, and that, da, 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 da. but hey, Here's a check where somebody got paid off, and this doesn't make any sense, and then go off. Go ahead and go off, because it's a free country and they haven't banned that yet. (laughs)
1: That's true, that's very true.
0: Right, and this is an easy one for people. Go and object to, right, uh, any uh, board member or any city council member that works for a utility. You saw it here reading, (laughs) reading Wendy Mitchell. She, she worked for utility. The which Once you see utility in government, that means bribery, corruption, and theft of taxpayers' money. It sure does.
1: It sure does.
0: Right. Any other final thoughts, Mike?
1: Well, I gotta say, by doing the research for this particular <laughs> show tonight, I and I hope our viewing and listening audience will give me a little grace, a little leeway, but you couldn't help but just laugh you would bust out loud laughing saying I don't even believe what I'm reading here. The more you read it Josh it's like this is like it keeps getting piled higher and higher and higher until you get up to the levels of governor and wealthy owners who say governor here's what I want you to do hint hint wink wink I want you to appoint appoint these three people on this board okay okay. And here's what we're going to do. And by the way, your taxpayers are going to pay for it. And we'll take care of you. And we'll get you reelected. That's what that's what's going on out here.
0: And well, you know what? Yeah. It, 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 and I, it, uh, yeah, I'll let you finish your thought and then I'll, I'll close.
1: Well, I just I was getting fired up when you said that about our taxpayer dollars. It's like, look, I'm already getting ripped off 85 or whatever. Now right. I'm finding out about this stuff. I mean, it's real. It's like piling on. OK, right. So that's my two cents worth.
0: No, no. And I think we could do a brilliant job for people and listen to the podcast, and tie it in a bow because we can come up with two bipartisan, um, multi-cultural, because people are forgetting, people are extremists and all this and that. They're forgetting about culture. And as a culture, because I know American culture, right? Yeah. We've been in it. We know the nuances. Somebody coming, God bless them, been here 20 years, you know what I'm saying? The nuances that we learned in elementary school and high school okay. and, and being right. engaging no, from a cultural standpoint, all of right. us, from all Gavin Newsom to every single board member, to all of the mobsters, mm-hmm. to all of the jockeys, to, to the Wendy mitchell family, All of us. We all yeah. love the horses. We don't want to see them gig- get to this corrupt veterinarian. The only practice, private, private, and I was almost impressed when I read Private crashes. then I read that his customer was the strongest family. <laughs> He's on the board, right? The, they have several in-house. foxes yeah. in charge of the head house Is that just what? Oh, there's a fox? No, foxes in charge
1: of the Here, come on in. I got the door open. Here, come on in. All
0: right, so we're giving a lot. Two things I think we all can agree, agree on. That with $3 billion, the Family can write another check of thousands of people they're paying out. And I'll throw Penn National in. Penn National, Barcelona Sports, you guys, you guys take it over. Take it from the taxpayer. Have your own independent horse report. And PETA and Gavin Newsom, I know you love animals, right? He's like, you know, what are we as a culture? Yeah, what are we? Mm-hmm. Let's save the horses, PETA, where you're at. I want an internal, I want just one private internal investigator. I want a Sierra Club and PETA to investigate. The NRA got investigated. Do the same type of internal investigate. And I'll do it for you for free. Mike Roussainisi and I will do it for free. We'll get an NDA and we're going to check the bank accounts. We have an IT mm-hmm. guy and all we're going to look for is mm-hmm. a connection to the Stronach family. And yeah. any any monies exchange or any businesses exchange between the horse region industry and PETA. Because where are they? Yeah. Where where's PETA? Uh, and what's being done for the horses is not enough. And taxpayers should not be paying sure. for all this.
2: Sure.
0: Oh, two things. Save the horse. We bipartisan. Everybody can agree on it. Sure. And we sure. need to take better care. The horses. Bob Halford agrees. I I don't care who you are, Art Sherman. Right, every single member, every single board across the country, all of them agree that we have to take care of the horse. And let's take this out of taxpayers, especially all these southern states. Right, all these southern states. Oh, we're going to stop at three hundred dollars for people because they make more Mm -hmm. unemployment than working. Fine. Also shift your racing horse board from public to private. All right? sure. and If they want an independent board, the Stornish family, our, uh, rich people in Arkansas, the rich people in West Virginia, all these people, they need to pay for their own independent right. uh, horse racing authority. Yeah? And we always close with Winston Churchill because you always get a lot more than what you give 10 times more, you get it back, right? It's not a moral or ethical thing. It's a business thing. You get 10 times more, 10x, right? And that's probably copyright, so I'll call it 12x. You get 12x back, what you give. And Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESVC Podcast Network and Horse Racing True Crime.